Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insights Series. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today, it is my distinct pleasure to have with us Rand Fishkin, who is the founder and wizard of Moz. Rand, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Good to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited we're able to get this scheduled. So I, I can't think of anybody better to talk about just the incredible changes that have happened in inbound marketing and search over the last few years. So, you know, maybe just at a very high level, talk about some of the major transitions things are going. Where were they, let's say, a year ago? Where are they now? And where do you see them going a year or two from now? Yeah. Um, well, so th there's a bunch of big picture trends that have been happening. One is obviously consolidation, right? So you see, you know, whereas there was a, a massive um, bunch of diffused, uh, diverse sources that could send you web traffic in sort of the first... 15 years of the web, that's actually consolidated quite a bit. And now the top, you know, four or five players, it really, it's, it's almost down to like the top two or three are sending the overwhelming majority of traffic. Right now that's, that's mostly Facebook and Google. Um, but if you add in kind of the next top 10, you're getting, you know, 70% plus of all referring traffic on the web. So really just a few players in where you can get your internet traffic. Sorry, say that again. Do you include LinkedIn in that next tier? Or... Yeah, they are. They are in that tier. In fact, I can, if you want, I'll send you a graph. I have a a, um, a, a chart of all the you know top refers from the web. And, sure. And no, that would be great. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try and pull that up for you. But you know, Reddit's in there as well. Twitter is also in there. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn is certainly in there. YouTube is in there. Bing is in there. Uh, Yahoo is still in there. But you know, when you talk about, I think Google is something like. You know, 58% of all refers or something, and Yahoo is down at like two and a half percent. Wow. But Yahoo's still in the top 10. So, you know, this, it's kind of crazy that you have this, um, this world of very few players where you can get your traffic. So that's a big one. Another big one is obviously, uh, the growth of mobile. And I think the trend that surprises folks the most in the marketing world is that it turned out that apps, mobile apps, which we all thought wow, everybody's going to have to build an app. How do I do App Store SEO? How do I get visible there? You know what? Turns out people don't install very many apps on their phone, and they use even fewer. In fact, I think the uh, average American installs uh, or, or uses zero new apps not in my a given kids. month. <laughs> not <Yeah>. my kids. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's do two things. One, let's exclude games, okay. which I think is really important. Uh, from that list. And two, let's exclude anything that is uh, never used after install. So after okay. the first time you install it and use it once, you never fire it up again. If you exclude that, the app world is tiny. You know, you're basically talking, once again, same story, consolidation. The top 10 apps own, you know, 90 plus percent of all time spent in apps on the phone. Um, where you still have diversity, though, is in browsers. So basically, people still visit lots and lots of different websites. Like the web has maintained its um, ability to, you know, attract visitors to various websites, big and small alike. Um, and that, I think, is a really good thing for small and medium businesses and even for big businesses who are, who are trying to compete in this space. Uh, that, I mean, that obviously could change if the FCC rules against net neutrality. But for now, you know, it's sort of status quo on that. Uh, another huge you know, huge thing that surprised me a lot. I don't, I don't know, but probably surprised you too. I bet uh, surprised a lot of CMOs. 
Do you remember three, four years ago, everyone was talking about we're putting a huge amount of our budget, our content, our marketing efforts into social media? Yep. Like social media marketing was was dominant, was becoming huge. And what we saw was that trend plateaued and even declined in many enterprises uh, over the last really 12 months. And I think, um, you know, a, a number of folks in the in the social media world have said that uh, they believe a big part of that backing off is because of the I'm not exactly sure how to describe this, but sort of the the vitriol and the uncontrollability of social media platforms. Hmm. Right. So basically, as um, I think we, we saw here in the United States, you know, with uh, regards to the election last year, as the social media landscape became incredibly polarized and also much more fraught with sort of, um, you know, dangerous pitfalls for, for brands in particular, but, but for individuals as well. Um, and Twitter and Facebook uh, both got, you know, a ton of heat from, well, political parties and, and sociological studies and all sorts kinds of things. Uh, there was actually a backing off where a lot of businesses said, hey, you know what? I'm not sure that I want to play in this social space with as much of my budget and as much of my marketing uh, efforts and expertise as I thought before. I think and that's so now we're seeing take. that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Don't you also think, though, I, I think many marketers are still having trouble quantifying um, the return oh. versus, I mean, I can run an ad, that I can measure, but just it's really been hard to measure a true perf- impact of some of the social well, strategies. And- yeah, like Facebook, Facebook tried to fix this, right? Facebook was like, oh my God, you know, people are not putting as much into this. And so they went through all their apps and all their refer systems to make sure that the refer was more correct and that you could append URL parameters to track campaigns. And I, I don't, I don't think the, you know, a lot of these businesses are coming back. There's, I mean, there's many folks who are, who are saying, uh, I don't know if you, you follow Avinash Kaushik from Google. Yes. But, you know, he was saying, he had this great blog post a few weeks ago where he said, hey, if you're going to invest in social, invest in paid. It's trackable. It's measurable. It reaches people. The social platforms want to show your message to people. Don't invest in organic. Stop organic social investment. You're wasting your time and your money. Um, and I disagree with him for certain companies, but for many brands, I, I was, you know, I looked at the stats that he looked at and I had to agree. It is. I mean, it's, I think it's difficult. I mean, certainly um, see a lot of viability in listening, um, especially if you're trying to um, improve customer service, if you're trying to monitor brand perceptions and you're trying to get a read on the pulse of the market. I think social yeah. continues to have a very viable place. But um, as a marketing channel, um, it, it's definitely been a, a mixed bag, I think, uh, particularly with B2B marketers who are always a little bit slower, I think, to adopt that as, as a channel. Your comments on, on mobile are interesting too, because more people are trying to evaluate mobile. But you know, there's kind of a resistance. A lot of people, you know, if it makes sense, like you don't mind getting, let's say, a push message from from Delta if you're getting ready, if your gate's changing, that's fine. But I don't yeah. know that anybody wants to get an ad coming from their app on their phone. It feels intrusive. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, you you mentioned B two B, right? Like if I'm a um, a logistics company. What what is the app that I'm going to make? You know, for the B- VPs of logistics at the companies that I serve, where they're going to install my app rather than just visit my website when they need to know something. It's you know, it's pr- pretty hard, pretty hard to imagine. I think web technology is also re- responsible for that. To your point around push notifications, a progressive web app in a browser can send push notifications. They can send it on 
a laptop, a desktop, a mobile device. So you, you sort of lose some of the, well, wh- why should I have an app versus why should, why can't I just do a progressive web app that, you know, is yeah. uh, accessible through the browser? What, what role do you think that uh, augmented and virtual reality will play um, in marketing mixes going forward? I, I, I really don't know. I, I have to say, I feel like that is one of those spaces where, you know, I think like many other types of technologies, the innovator, the innovators will generally start in, you know, sort of adult content and in video games. And then we'll see kind of how the market progresses. But we have, we haven't even seen that nascent beginning yet. And so I'm, I'm still a little bit, um, somewhere between skeptical and curious about how and whether it will impact, uh, marketing at all. I think there's, well, let's see, whether it will impact web marketing on a big scale in the way that things like the internet and mobile devices did. Um, I I would say there's more opportunity in maybe some other forms of emerging technology. I think that, you know, like the blockchain and cryptocurrency, that's an interesting one. I, I think there's something, something real to be had in sort of voice search and voice answers and these you know, whatever you want to call them, the the Alexa Home and the Google Home devices. Um, that, that's those those are ones I. That's watch. definitely becoming more pervasive. Um, oh yeah. You know, and the AI and the VR it, it reminds me of um, you know, like telepresence. Remember from a few years ago when people were really yeah. pushing the video conferencing and they were trying to make it real live and in person. And uh, you know, we've got my son a whole set for Christmas, and he definitely it's really cool. And I wondered, you know, would it make sense to do it for let's say a, a plant tour or a manufacturing plant? Or you're trying to test, uh, you want to test different store layouts of merchandising and you want to kind of see how people would react to things before you actually spend the money to lay out the store. Um, so I could see some uses for it, but then how do you then actually deliver that in a, I guess in a remote fashion and get people to engage? It seems like a lot of extra effort when you could just grab the people and bring them over to a store. So yeah, it's kind of, kind of hard. So it's a tough one. I think replacing in person is going to be is going to be a real challenge. Um, but yeah, on the voice search, I mean, to your point, they are getting massively more pervasive, and I think that's actually a huge risk, right? So Google, to my point earlier, sends you know fifty eight, sixty percent of all referring traffic, but a, a voice answer is very tough to monetize. It's very tough to get any traffic or any marketing value from. You know, I think it's I think it's pretty tough when, you know, when I say, hey, Google um, or, you know, uh, OK, Google, tell me uh, how many podcasts or uh, uh, Jeff Pedowitz has produced. Right. And then they give me an answer that they found by crawling your website. Do you get any value from that? You don't get a visit. You can't cookie me. You can't collect my email. You don't own the user experience or the UI. What, what do you get out of giving Google access to your data at that point? Not a lot, right? And that, that's pretty frustrating. If you have great answers to other, you know, marketing problems like, hey, uh, okay, Google, what do CMOs think are the big trends in web marketing next year? And Google says, according to jeffpedowitz.com, it's blah, 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 blah. I don't think that according to yourwebsite.com gives me much marketing value. Uh-huh. No, but I think and what that's... will happen, though, is really it just becomes another form of search of data, right? So take something simple like I order Domino's Pizza via Alexa every Friday. 
So uh, I'm a pizza chain, and I want to know the percentage of people that are ordering pizza through the app on, on the phone. So maybe then I can send coupons to you via email or through the mail, or I can do some very targeted advertising on TV that shows how easy it is to use the voice assistant to order pizza from the home. So, I mean, I think there are probably other ways where you're, you're probably, as an advertiser, you're going to either be buying the data or you're going to be... I mean, just kind of like you could do retargeting now, right, and lookalikes on Facebook and Google, like you could probably extend that then, right, to try and figure out the other channels as they start to make that prevalent. Well, but it's all owned by Google, right? It, it, it's their world. You're just living in it and hoping they give you access to the data and hoping they let you pay them. And that is very different from Google sends me free referral traffic because... I provide a great answer to a question, and then I own the rest of the experience. So it's just a very different dynamic right. between but that's probably how they the balance of power. Monetize it, right? It's no different than um, in uh, consumer packaged goods, right? And then with a big box retailer. So the big box retailer has the point of sale system, and they don't want to give up the data. But I'm Procter and Gamble, and I want to understand what people are doing in the stores, so I could target them directly. You would think that there should be this partnership between everybody because there's a lot of value in that data if the, if the data sure. is shared. But uh, yeah, no, it's really interesting. So, I mean, is this becoming pretty much between, um, I guess it's an Olagapi between uh, Marketa, uh, not Marketa, <laughs> yeah, Marketa would love an Olagapi, but uh, between uh, Google and Facebook, I mean, is that like kind of like dominating? Well, yeah. I think Google, Facebook, Amazon, um, Microsoft, and, and, you know, arguably, um, and potentially a few others, but yeah, I, you know, maybe you'd put Apple in there and say that those are the big five tech companies and they sort of own, own everything and everyone else just lives in their world. And certainly from a market cap perspective and from a, you know, ownership of data and time on site and, you know, ownership of the web, they, they really do. But I, I'm not sure that's, I'm not sure that's a good thing for the rest of us. Right, no, At I mean, least there's competition. Point, right? Yeah, I mean, does it, then the prices go back up, right? I mean, if, if, yeah. they, if they have nobody to answer to, then... Uh, Amazon, Amazon is this way forever, right? We all sort of love the cheap prices that we get. We love our Prime subscriptions. Today, but once yeah, Amazon... Yeah. <laughs> right? Once Amazon gets enough market share, guess what? They know you're not going anywhere else. Now, now they can pour on the profits, right? And I think that's a... Um, that sucks. Sucks to live in that world, right? That's why it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with net neutrality and some of the other government regulations oh, yeah. down the road. Because just as businesses, I think it's something that we have to be wary of, right? I mean, and, and if the channels are controlled, then the, the cost will, will then potentially go up. And I, and I just think even through all this, it's getting harder and harder to develop meaningful and real relationships with potential customers. But just because there's so many channels and so many different ways to reach them. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think that you know, to the uh, the exponential growth in the amount of um, noise and noise filtering that, you know, a human being in 2017 does on planet Earth compared to one in even 1997, right? Um, I, you know, that, that, that curve was, I think I saw something, right? Mark Twain in the 1800s was complaining about how you couldn't go anywhere without seeing advertisements and people were constantly bombarded. They lost their attention spans. Well, I think he'd be very disappointed to see right, where right. we are today. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. A definitely a crazy world for sure. So then what's going to be the disruptor? What's going to come along and, and change this paradigm? Is there going to, there, I mean, there has to be another Google out there, right? Or oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, um, I think that there, 
there is almost certainly going to be uh, different players that emerge as we get more and more uh, connected devices and as we rely on connected devices for sort of our homes and our transportation. Um, and that, you know, maybe that'll be Google, maybe it'll be Uber, maybe it'll be Lyft or somebody else like that. Um, it could it could be a device company we've never heard of, and that, that could be interesting as well. Uh, I think there's also almost definitely going to be some uh, very powerful companies emerging in sort of this world of blockchain. Um, and that's not necessarily exclusively around cryptocurrency, although that's obviously the big one that a lot of people are very interested in right now. Uh, but I think that blockchain technology due to the, it does kind of what the web did for, you know, um, the opportunity to have a message and to build a brand, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, which is create a platform that is secure and reliable uh, that anyone can use that has the potential to be, you know, um, personalized and automated and um, high frequency and scalable. Uh, and I think they will see a lot of interesting technology built on top of that for sure. It's a great time to be a marketer, right? <laughs> Well, it's a great time. It's a challenging time, though. I think, you know, you either specialize or you are overwhelmed. Um, I think CMOs have a really, really tough time right now because, you know, 20 years ago, you could say, yeah, I'm familiar with all the marketing channels and I can have, you know, a reasonable grasp of each one. Uh, I think saying you have even a reasonable grasp of every marketing channel opportunity today is probably incorrect. There are probably some that you don't know anything about, uh, no matter who you are and how experienced you are, myself included. And, the, and even if you did, are you truly optimizing it? And, and do, you, do you have enough data? Yeah, to do you, do you have a great network in that yeah. space? Do you know who to hire there? Do you know how to you know train them? Do you know how to measure their success and their impact? Um, do you know the ins and outs of the platform? Do you have any time at all to pay attention to the changes that are almost definitely happening daily in every one of these fields? That's, that's a, a really hard thing. A lot of change for sure. So, well, I, I mean, I can't believe our time's up already. It's a great conversation, and uh, I always love talking to you. So, thank you so much for taking your time today. Yeah, you bet, man. Great to see you, and uh, yeah, good luck with the show. Thank you, sir. Cheers.